Hello, my name is Michael Finney. Welcome back to the program. Today we have Brian Crawford of PGH Museums. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Brian Crawford here, PGH Museums. Uh, I guy who lives in the Pittsburgh area who's into arts and culture and really passionate about new media. So I'm thrilled to be on a podcast since that fits right in in my wheelhouse and. I just have always been involved in the community, and this is just kind of my my next project, and we're having a lot of fun getting things rolling. Very good. So you and I met uh, a number of years ago when I was doing music. You were doing some stand-up performance. How did that turn into promoting museums and working with museums in the Pittsburgh market? Tell us a little bit about that background. Yeah, I wouldn't um, call myself stand-up because I, I would be an insult to comedians. <laughs> I, I did some storytelling, and usually the only time I would go up on stage to do something like that is if I was promoting an event. And I was involved in more the music scene in Pittsburgh, but also going back to new media, I was running a, an online radio station, and we had Rivers a Edge. lot of different programs. Yeah, River's Edge, and uh, we had a lot of different programming style but also live streaming and during my time there and in my involvement with that program my friend and i had started a podcast called the culture cruise which was a podcast where we would review and explore museums across the area but we recorded the show while we were driving so we would talk about where we were going we would go to the museum and then on the way back, we would talk about what we experienced and we would cut that down into a podcast. And while doing that, one of our goals was to kind of expose people to all of these different museums that exist in our area that they don't know about. So I had inspiration from that podcast. And then also my friend, Mark Panza, who I met living in in the millville neighborhood but then also he was involved in the millville music festival which i was one of the founders of and he would always complain to me about how the media just doesn't cover the arts like they used to uh the post gazette had a big arts section well the post gazette doesn't even print a paper anymore but even before that they pretty much eliminated that which was very sparse you have the city paper but you just didn't have the coverage that that used to exist so i brought the two ideas together this concept of covering the arts and in pittsburgh's cultural scene and creating this directory of museums and we, we expanded that into galleries and historic sites brought those two ideas together and i was able to then create an ecosystem of museum and culture lover lovers but then also create a platform where i can create media and create different types of media than i had done in the past which i was really excited to get into so that was the inspiration and that's how i was able to transition from one thing to the other it was the the really the big connection is the new media and then also just my interest i've always been interested in, in history especially and I'm somebody who's really interested in art. I, I'm not as knowledgeable about art as I am uh, history, especially local history. But we have a board of directors with people who who fill in those gaps, and I'm and I'm an art lover. And since starting this project, I've become an art collector as well. Well, 
and have a, a private collection of over 50 pieces right now. And I have some grand ideas for that, which we can get into later if you want. But yeah, so the new media is really the big, the big thing. I love creating content and I love just being involved in the community and, and doing things like that and being able to share people's stories. So that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so you are very connected in the Pittsburgh scene. Basically, everybody knows you from the festival, from the radio work, and now from PGH Museums. What are you guys doing within the community to help shed light on the organizations that are based around there and to uh, help promote? So that's pretty much what PGH Museums is and, and what it exists for much more so than any of the other projects I've done in the past. PGH Museums is a one-stop information resource for people trying to learn about Pittsburgh museums and culture and art in the area. So we're basically the bridge that connects people to other organizations. And on the website, pghmuseums.org, we have multiple different avenues that help bridge that gap and especially for younger people it's harder to find some of these these websites uh, a lot of the museums the older ones they're, they're run by volunteers and, and not always people who are tech savvy and some of these websites look like they were designed in geo cities back in the 90s so we create a website that's got all this information right on it we have the the event calendar so you can find events from museums and galleries, and even local artists all across the, the region of Western Pennsylvania. It's on one calendar, and because we we work with everybody, so it's, it's not like when you go to the Cultural Trust's art website, you'll get all of their galleries that are associated with the Cultural Trust, or if you go to another group of maybe the Westmoreland County Cultural Trust, you'll get some of their galleries. Or, or if you go to the Carnegie Museum, she'll get their museum family. Whereas with PGH Museums, we'll put all of those on there, plus the little historical society that is run by a couple of volunteers. We'll put their events on there if they send them to us. So we've got that calendar, which is really cool and diverse and allows you to find things that you wouldn't find otherwise because a lot of these organizations don't have the resources the financial resources to get their information out there we also have a blog where we will post press releases that people send us and when we can we put out original blog content as well and we have as far as media goes we also have a podcast called art talk where local artists and that comes out typically comes out once a month and we also do little video documentaries where we talk about different stories, whether it's uh, an artist creating a mural or we were in Penn Brewery in, in that historic brewery in, in Pittsburgh and watched the bottling process and the brewing process and were able to tell that story. So we'll do little documentaries like that. And that's kind of the, the content side. Uh, and then we have just this giant directory of over 400 listings of museums, galleries, and historic sites across the region and it's the largest gallery of its kind there's over 100 museums in that directory and uh and, and tons of historic places and we're always adding new galleries as we discover them 
So that's just like a huge resource. If you're coming to Pittsburgh and, and you're thinking, man, I really want to learn what makes up Pittsburgh or who Pittsburgh is, there's no resource that provides the kind of information and the quantity of information that PGH, PGH Museums provides. And you'll find it all. Everything's on there. There's, like I said, there's everything from the large museums you know about, like Heinz History Center, uh, the Frick Museum, uh, all of those, all the way down to the Rebecca B. Hayden Stonehouse Museum, which is like a really cool museum on Salzburg local history, or uh, Trundle Manor, which is a museum of different oddities. Um, Photo Antiquities Museum, which has photographs going all the way back to the Civil War and all sorts of like old historic cameras that you can see in, in person. Just so many cool museums that exist here that most people have no clue that, that they're there. They, they may even live right next to them and, and have that they existed. And this website not only provides that directory, but it also has an interactive map so you can zoom in right on your neighborhood and see what's right around you. Yeah, that's fantastic. So that's the thing about Pittsburgh, right, is that it is a relatively small city compared to a lot of other cities, but it really punches above its weight in terms of experiences and culture given uh, you know, its size and where it's located. You know, in western Pennsylvania, you're not too far away from uh, Cleveland in terms of drive time, obviously all the way on the other side of the state, you have Philly, which butts up against New Jersey is not far away, you know, geographically from New York and Washington DC, but over on the, the West side of the state, you know, it really is this nexus point for what otherwise is, you know, not a super well-known or understood area in terms of geography. And it seems like you guys are really helping to get some eyeballs on some stuff that, you know, I've never heard of some of these things. And I've spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh over the years. I have a lot of family there and have spent, you know, cumulatively years in that area. And there's stuff that, you know, I have no idea about that are, that are on here. So that's really good. And there are some massive organizations, some of which you've mentioned, but again, you know, one that maybe we didn't talk too much about that people definitely know of, or maybe they aren't aware of his connection to Pittsburgh would be the Andy Warhol, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of, well, that is part of the Carnegie museums of Pittsburgh. So that's actually one of their museums and yeah, it's the largest museum dedicated to an individual artist, I believe in, in, maybe the world, at least in, in the United States. And that's right here in Pittsburgh, Andy Warhol. It's several floors. It's really, really well laid out. And one thing that's cool about it is they do switch things around. So if you haven't been there in a while and you go back, you're likely to find something new uh, you haven't seen before. New installations. Yeah, so that's really cool. Yeah, he just has a massive back catalog of work, uh, being that oh, yeah. he produced so many different works and also so much variety of things. You know, I've been there once or twice. And uh, like you were saying, there are totally different experiences that you have there and they're totally different types of experiences in terms of how they set it up and how you proceed through that installation. And it's what 
three or four floors, I think, as well. So it, it is big. It's more than I think it's at least five floors. It's yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, uh, it's a really really neat museum. They're adding some major expansions uh, onto it as well. That's wow. going to be uh, working with like local artists and things like that too, which is is pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's it, it, I mean it's so easy. Honestly, putting together a website like this, there's a lot of work, but it's it's easy in the sense that if you know it really it writes itself and it's easy. There we're just you mentioned about us punching above our, our weight and, and that's true. And a lot of that has to do with this, this rich history. Like, like people don't know a lot about early Pittsburgh history dating all the way back to uh, the seven years war. And you mentioned about it being this nexus. Well, that, that's exactly the case at the time they called it the, the forks to the Ohio. And it was, you know, where the two rivers meet. And that was really, a major this region was a major point in that seven years war because if you controlled the forks of the ohio you controlled trade going up and down uh you know the mississippi all the way to the mississippi through the ohio going all the way up so it was just like such a very important area um and people maybe don't recognize pittsburgh as a uh having colonial history because it wasn't necessarily established in terms of uh, major residential um, communities at that point in time, you know, the Fort Pitt era, but you know, it was there and it really is kind of the edge of the frontier at that point in time during the colonial era. Oh, it was. I mean, actually Fort, you mentioned Fort Pitt went after Fort Pitt, came to be, it eventually ended up becoming the Western headquarters or like the Western command center for the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War. So once you get past the Seven Years' War, that fort was abandoned by the British, then taken over by colonial forces, and that was the West. Pittsburgh area was the, was the West. That was like the frontier. And that's why that, you know, that fort was that, that western headquarters but yeah so the history just it's so rich and deep and then you get to the industrial era and in the gilded age where you had where the frick museum is now that street was called millionaire row and they had a there were a quarter of the world's millionaires living on one street in pittsburgh and that was before billionaires existed so you had all of this money and, and that's where we get all these large foundations and why we have these you know theaters that are that that are bigger and, and sometimes more beautiful than some cities that are, are much bigger than Pittsburgh because we had all of those res- those financial resources that were in here. It was definitely a you know a, a David and Goliath type of thing as far as money. You had some people making a ton, and then you had other people living in horrible conditions. Uh, but so in the time, it, it was not great. But now, many years later, the people who are living here are. I guess reaping the the benefits of of having some of those, those wealthy people live here, even though it was horrible for the people who lived there in the at the time. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes back to that Iron City legacy, uh, you know, the Carnegie uh, legacy as well, and a lot of people probably don't know about that. But then that kind of rolls into. Uh, the Rockefellers and oil in terms of Western PA. And that, that connects it over to Cleveland and a lot of what was happening over there with the oil industry and early refining. Uh, so there's a massive industrial connection there. 
And since that has kind of diminished over the last, let's say, half century or so, Pittsburgh has had to reimagine itself and reinvent itself. And, um, you know, there's a there's a there's a future right for Pittsburgh that it's in the midst of right now. So where do you see your organization? Where do you see Pittsburgh going forward in time? What do you what do you imagine it to become? Well, as Pittsburgh's going forward, I think uh, clearly Pittsburgh is a major, major uh, powerhouse in the in the field of medicine. Uh, Pittsburgh's also working to try to become more of a tech city. That was a big, big goal with the previous administration. I think that's going to continue uh, at some level. Um, we, we're very, and, and this stretches back actually, going back to that in, industrial age and that gilded age. The reason why Pittsburgh is able to exist as a technology center is because of the Carnegie Institute and the Mellon Institute, which formed to become Carnegie Mellon. Um, but a, a lot of that is, again, going back into those, those that, that old money that exists here in Pittsburgh that cr- creates an environment where tech companies want to come here because Carnegie Mellon is such an asset and, and produces such uh, talented and, and skilled people that they are more likely to reside in this area than they would otherwise. So um, that's definitely a, a big thing. So technology, for sure, in medicine, um, Pittsburgh's really on the the cutting edge in terms of medicine technology. Um, so I, I would say those are probably like our biggest, those are our biggest industries right now. And I, I don't see any reason why it's not going to continue to grow in, in that way. Um, one thing I will say is Pittsburgh's probably never going to be what it was in terms of being such a, a global force, but I think it's going to be more resilient than it ever was. You know, Pittsburgh was a one trick pony before. And, and when the steel industry went away, this city really, really struggled to rebound where with, um, with, with where Pittsburgh's going now, it's much more diversified. So if a single industry goes away, it's, it's not going to cripple the whole city in the same way that it did before. So I think, yeah, I don't think it's ever going to be what it was, but I do think it's it's going to stay as it grows now with, with being such a, a city that's much more diversified. I think it, it's got a brighter future and less likely to see that kind of a backslide. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a big credit to Pittsburgh. They've done a really great job rebuilding themselves. You, you look at some of the other cities that have experienced similar declines, I don't feel they have necessarily rebounded the way that Pittsburgh has. And I think there's been a lot of work because there's really no good reason why Pittsburgh would have an advantage over some of these other places outside of just the the work in, in the foresight and in, into making itself relevant in the future. So. You know, it is still early in the year. What can we expect from PGH Museums in 2023? Well, what we're hoping to do is really work on our back end to get financial resources. And that, that's the big thing that we're really working on now, because if we're able to get some financial resources, we can allow the product to, to continue to grow and become a much better asset to the museums that we are looking to help and uh, into the people to, to be able to connect them to museums. So that's a big focus for ours. We are planning <clears throat> on doing some events this year. I am 
looking to do an outdoor parks event. And that's going to be uh, an educational event in a park. And we're, we're hoping to pair up with a tea company to make it like a, a like a little picnic and education uh, type of thing. We're going to be doing another art event in the fall. This past year, we did the rooftop art party where we had several artists who had uh, their art on exhibit on the rooftop of Arsenal Cider in Dormont. And people could come and look at the art, make purchases. They got a couple couple glasses of cider included in their ticket and live music. And that was really fun. It was really well attended. And we'd like to do that again in the fall. And there's some other ideas that we have as well that we're working on. I don't know. I, ha- I don't have the information just yet that I can release, but there, there's definitely some other things in the in the works. We're looking to do about four events a year of our own and then obviously continue to to promote and and help our our friends, our affiliates, especially in, in making sure people get to their events. Very good. Well, thank you for joining me today, Brian. I think we learned a lot about PGH museums and it sounds like you're headed in the right direction. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.